The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Good morning, Saturday morning, NFL edition. The boys at Notebook Wagering have you covered. I am Smitty. Sitting across from me is J Cam. Good morning, J Cam. How are you, bud? Pretty good. Look at my wounds or my hilltoppers did not come through. Your UTSA Roadrunners meet me their way to the uh, Conference USA title there. I did get it back with a nice live bet in the second half. Pretty entertaining game, much more entertaining than the Pac 12 game which was pretty much over from the beginning. Utah looked really good there. Um, would be interesting if we had a much bigger playoff format, what Utah could do against some of these other teams. They seem like they've really come into form. Um, and obviously college football doesn't allow for that. So, yeah, look at the NFL slate. Uh, seeing a lot of big numbers out here, but definitely we'll find some value in these games. Yeah, let's get, you know, a couple of things here that really kind of jumped off some stat line. Sticky note time, a little sticky note for, for us. Last Five weeks, NFL teams, best teams against the spread. Jason, who do you think is one of the best teams in the spread the last five weeks? Do you have a team? I'm trying to think who I haven't bet. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, let's think, uh, the Eagles. I'm going to guess the Eagles, and I want one more pick. I'm going to pick the Washington football team. How do you do? This is what I saw. And I do not see those teams on my list. Hopefully, I'm correct on this. I had the Pats at five and zero. Oh. Definitely, that's definitely right. Packers four and one. Dolphins four and one. Been on them a couple times, so I feel good about that. Yeah, Dolphins Q. Q uh, you know, Q's not joining us, but I really would like to see kind of what his. Uh, he was kind of in that lose now and get a better draft pick, maybe kind of mode. But now, yeah, now they're starting to play well. Giants four and one. That's a bit surprising, but yeah, I mean, that was obviously a big win last week over the Eagles, uh, one of those uh, hold your nose and bet the Giants kind of games, and they came through pretty big. That was actually never a sweat in that one. You know, the Giants, that's a team I've taken a lot in teasers this year, and they're, it seems like they all, they're always competitive, but they know how to lose the game, but cover the spread. So it's really, do you care or do you, are you just happy? What's that? What's the line? Um, great teams cover the spread. <laughs> That's good teams win and great teams cover. That's cover, definitely cover it. The They're definitely college football that works. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because they've been so banged up this year that that, you know, it's way too early to look ahead to next season because so much will happen in the NFL transaction wise. But, you know, the Giants are kind of a team that's had a little bad luck. You know, they haven't had guys healthy, but you, like you said, they've been competitive. And, you know, if Jones takes a little step forward. That might be a good futures team for overs for next year. Um, it's New York. So you have to grab it early because somebody will they'll all jump on it. But, uh, just a team to uh, kind of keep uh, attention to. And then the last two rounding out, um, San Francisco four and one. Yeah, Seems like they've, they, they've turned their corner a little bit, playing a little better. And then here's another team. If you want to talk about the Giants, this is a team that's just really bad. And they're fan favorites of Q on Twitter. But the Lions, I had at four and one also on that list. 
Yeah, I mean, they've uh, they've made some uh, pretty scary uh, games here for the AFC North, which probably is an indictment on the AFC North, but obviously could have had a chance to beat Pittsburgh, could have had a chance to beat uh, Cleveland. Um, since he kind of had their number, but then Baltimore, you know, that took the Justin kick, Tucker 80-yard kick to win it at the end. <laughs> and then you had the Thanksgiving Day that, you know, they should have probably won too, and um, Chicago came back and kicked that field goal at the end, not to cover the spread, but to win the game. So. Yeah, I took the Bears live in that game once they got to a plus number, but, man, I felt dirty when I won that game because I really thought that that probably should have been a Lions win. That was, I was definitely not on the right side there, but it came through, which you need during the course of the season. The only other thing I want to throw, this is a week, and we were just saying off air, is keep an eye on some of the conditions for this week. We're starting to get late in the season here, and could be some wind here, could be a little bit of snow in one place. You know, J-Cam said a great thing, looked up some things. You know, even temperature-wise, it's not going to be bad, but there's some chances of some rain, but the wind is the key thing. I We've said it on this show before. You think, oh, snow or rain, and oh, I'm taking the under. It's under, under, under. And that's not so true. A lot of the snow games usually do go over the number. And some of these sharps have always said on some of these shows, you got to remember the offensive players know where they're going. The defensive players do not know where they're going. So you can get some points here. But I saw a stat today on one of the VEASAN articles. It said when the wind is over 10 miles per hour or higher, unders are hitting at a 64%. Well, what it does too, and the thing, the hidden thing on that is it really makes the kicking game kind of neutralized. So you you lose the hidden yardage of punting um, because usually the punts come down maybe like 10, five to 10 yards and that's field position, especially in the NFL where it's really crucial. And then you're going to have a couple of missed field goals with that win. A lot of, you know, people focus on the passing game part of it, but you know, it's not the old days. The passing games are so short. You see so many, like, you know, the air yards are just minimal at this point, probably shortest they've ever been in NFL football. So, but to me, where it really affects it is the kicking game. And you see just the field kind of contract to the middle and you, you lose the ability to hit long field goals. And that really is what drives the under. And I'll tell you, these kickers, they need as much help as they possibly can get some of these guys because the, the, the amount of extra points that are missed each week is just mind blowing. It really was. It, you know, it's funny, that rule change, I don't think people put a lot of mind to it when it first happened, but it's really brought a whole variability factor uh, to the NFL. It's, it's changed the way the numbers work. Like key numbers have shifted because there's so many missed field goals. People talk about six the way they used to talk about seven, which is like crazy. And then I even saw on Twitter some like statistical analysis that proved it out. And it's like, okay. And all they literally did was make it a 33-yard field goal. 33-yard field goal is bank, right? You don't even think twice about that. You think that's three points on the board. So. It is amazing how many they do miss, especially when in crucial situations. That's why I'll maybe keep an eye on those unders, people. So let's dive into week 13. First game we're going to go to is you got the Minnesota Vikings, five and six. They are heading to Detroit, the Lions, 0-10-1. But they have been playing covering the spread. We just said it. Line right now, seven and a half. Over under is 46 and a half. J-Cam, can the Lions get a win? I'm going to say no, but I will take them with the points here. I like the matchup. Lions have been trying to focus on running the football. The Vikings do not defend the run very well. Um, obviously, Lions defense is a big liability, but it's played. It's been feisty at times. I think they're just a little overmatched at times. But I like the Vikings. I like the Lions here, plus the seven and a half. 
I think I'm going to go with the old uh, Bob Prince's old Pirates announcer. He talked about the hidden vigorish with pitchers hitting that eventually they're going to get a hit as many times as they get up there because the odds are in their favor. I think the Lions are kind of in that boat now here. They've gotten really close. I think they'll keep this close. They may not get through this week, but at least it'll be another agonizing loss for Detroit, which Detroit fans love. Yeah, you know, being the teaser king, you know, we talked Tuesday night. When we had a, just another great guest Tuesday night, Carl Johnson. So if you haven't checked out that episode, please go and check that one out. What great info he provided for us. But being the teaser king, I love sometimes taking these home teams up into double digits. And this fits kind of my way how I like to play here. Now, points 46 and a half. You know, I'm going to talk a lot on the show today about 45 or below and take it, teasing it up because it's been playing really well. I agree with Jason here. You know, Minnesota's on a 7-3 run ATS at Detroit. I, I just think Detroit's going to compete here. I think you get them up into the double digits and a teaser. I think they'll play hard. I think they'll compete. Now we do have some Swiss out. Correct. I think they're going to the, is there a rookie running back? That's going to get the main start now, Jason, for them. Actually, I saw that uh, Jamal Williams is actually going to be back in the fold. He had the majority of the carries uh, against the bears on uh, Thanksgiving. It looks like he's going to be the main man here, but yeah, DeAndre Swift is out for this game. You know, he's a nice player, but he's got some obviously some issues with um, injuries. He's, he's basically got dinged up in every game. I've watched the Lions uh, not been able to finish, but um, that came from Warren Sharp. He said that it'll be Jamal Williams getting most of the carries. Jamal Williams. Okay. So I think that's, a, you know, it's not a necessarily an upgrade, but it's not a very big fall off the Williams. He's been a pretty good player uh, this year, probably a little underrated as a Packer, but he's uh, kind of shined a little bit as a line. Yeah, I think the biggest thing in this game, a lot of people – it, you know, the uh, bet the Lions hoping to win. You see the kind of the betting percentages go opposite what you would expect, where you see more tickets and money on lines. That's not the case this week. People are betting the Vikings. So this might be the right time to take the Lions. Like they're not a public favorite um, like they have been. Yeah, you know, overall for the season, 7-4 ATS. So like yeah. we've said, it's just one of these teams that they compete extremely hard. They just can't pull out the win. So we will see if they can pull that out. Let's move on to the next game. You got the Arizona Cardinals, nine and two, heading into windy Chicago to face the Bears that are four and seven. Line right now is seven and a half. Over under is 42 and a half. Ding, ding, ding. You know where I'm going here. Um, conditions, little bit of rain. Could get about 16 miles per hour, maybe a little higher gust. I just gave out a good stat, 10 miles or higher, so you know this is going to be a teaser spot for me with the points. What's your thoughts on the game? Yeah, that, that under has been beat up. People picked up that uh, weather forecast pretty early in the week and uh, drove it down from 46 to where we're at, 42 and a half now. I can see that getting down like 41 by game time if that uh, forecast persists, because that's definitely a city where you have to keep an eye on the wind. We'll talk about another city where you have to later uh, in the podcast, but um, you've seen footage. You go to YouTube, you'll find things where they've had games in Chicago where you know field goal star right down the middle end up hitting a pylon to the right or left because it just gets that windy. It seems like that stadium catches it and really swirls it. Um, you know, Colt McCoy probably a quarterback again for the Cardinals. Uh, they're they're taking their time with Hawkins and Murray, and why not? They're winning games. They really haven't lost any footing uh, in the conference. So get those guys as healthy as you can. Probably go the opposite of what Cleveland's been trying to do. Um, Bears are going to have not, no fields at quarterback, pretty dinged up at the wide receiver units, haven't gotten Akeem Hicks back. So it's kind of the same mash unit we've seen week to week uh, with the Bears. Um, you know, I kind of like them with the points here. I see this as a low, you know, 
with the under coming down, I just think the seven and a half is going to play really big here. Um, not going to be an appetizing game to watch at all. I think that the Cardinals will probably do enough to get by, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears pull this out. Dalton's been okay. He hasn't been great, but he's been okay enough. The biggest issue here is can the Bears run the ball? Arizona, really good run defense, measures out really well on uh, a lot of metrics, uh, especially like line yards and stuff rate. And, you know, the defense is probably underrated as a whole. So I- I'm going to go with the Bears plus seven and a half, basically, because I see this as a real low-scoring game in windy conditions in uh, Chicago. Yeah, you said quarterback. You know, there's a lot of rumors Murray could play, but game-time decision, Hopkins game-time decision. So keep an eye on that. But here's the thing. Even if he comes back, man, he's been out some weeks. The rust factor could major be a play in that situation there coming back there. And like you said, Colt McCoy has played extremely well. They haven't really lost anything. So I think what if he's not 100%, I would absolutely maybe just sit him because you're still in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the NSC. So keep going. I think you have a very good, reliable backup in this. Like you said, ugly game. I love teasing it up, taking the under. Here's a, here's a home team again. You can get in the double digits in a teaser. I, I'm kind of going with the Bears also. The only thing that really worries me about this game is where's the Bears' motivation at? There was rumors during Thanksgiving week that Nagy was going to be out after that game. He's still around. He's probably he's going to last the season because the Bears don't fire guys midseason, or they, they have it in their history. It's just not been their nature, and they've gotten rid of a lot of coaches, so we have a pretty good track record with them. It just you got to wonder where that locker room's at. You have no all your good guys are not playing this game, so you got to wonder where their hearts at. That's the only thing that probably gives me a little concern. And Arizona has done really good in these spots on the road of just taking care of business. So little concern there, but I do. I just like I said, the Bears are feisty as a home dog. They're one of those teams that always kind of shows up at home. Uh, so I, I'm still okay with it, but little little reservation. All right, moving on. We're going to go to another 1 p.m. game on Fox. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Atlanta to play the Falcons Buccaneers right now, eight and three Falcons, five and six record uh, line right now, Tampa Bay minus 10 and a half. The over under is 50 and a half. I think it's going to be, it's a hard game here. You know, looking over the over has been the play in the series, Jason, the last 11, it's nine and two Tampa Bay has three losses. Like I just said, all three have been on the road, but are they going to lose to this Atlanta Falcon team? Yeah, I I have such a hard read on the Falcons here because when I've liked them, they've been terrible. <laughs> and then when I haven't, they've been kind of surprised. You know, they're set up right to at least be a live dog in this game because they're going to throw the football, and you have to throw the football in Tampa Bay because you cannot run it on them at all. So, And I don't think they have any illusions that they can. They do have Patterson, which seems to make that whole offense go. Um, and, you know, and the Bucs just can't get healthy. Like – you look at the injury report, and it's the thing with them is it's different names every week. And no one, so to me, that whole football team is not healthy. Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone's dinged up. They're they're playing at 75% probably across the board, except for maybe Brady, who seems to be the only one it's okay. Um, so to me, this is a division game. You're getting points. You got the Falcons at home. It's one of the I think it's a hold your nose, take the Falcons with the 10 and a half, and hope they hold on and don't falcon it up at the end. Um you know, Bucks will win, but I can see the Falcons as a live dog just because I think it's a decent matchup. They were they were pretty good against them in Tampa Bay early in the year. I don't like to usually compare games to situations or different personnels are different, um, even just in the course of a couple of weeks. But take the Falcons to the points. But it looks like I'm taking all the home dogs here so far this week. I'm going to take another one with this one. 
Hey, I'm right with you. I mean, in a teaser spot, this is this is three games in a row now that you can take the home team and get them way up in that double digits. Why not take a shot with it? You can get them up to about six, 16 and a half here in a teaser. Like you said, Patterson's a stud. I have him on one of my fantasy teams. What a remarkable athlete, you know, catches the ball, runs the ball, does a lot. I think sometimes even they flip the ball and he throws it. So he does everything. I've even heard a thing that he said he wants to play some defense. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So obviously they know where their bread's butter because they're going to let him do whatever he wants to make sure he performs. Pretty much here. You know, I agree. This Tampa team, a lot of injuries. You can't run the ball. You said that. You got to throw. My thing is Matt Ryan is very much like Big Ben can't move. Yeah. And he's a statue. The line sometimes isn't great for Atlanta. People get to him. But I just think I'm with you in this. In a teaser play, why not take the home team up in this and take a shot with that double digits? I'm all for that. I think this game, I think I agree. I think Tampa wins this game, but man, to cover to win by 17, I'll take a shot with that. So give me the Falcons in a teaser. All right, moving on. We got the Colts, six and six, heading to just another really bad team, Houston Texans. <laughs> Two and nine line right now. Uh oh, Jason could be four in a row here. Minus 10 and a half Colts under over under 45. Do we go with another home dog in this situation? So, Smitty, have you seen Ted Lasso? This is not the show. Mine. Okay. No. I don't know not if much. we're allowed to talk I know what you're talking about. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about gambling without mentioning Ted Lasso at some point during the season. So, I just got it out of the way. Because uh, everyone seems to love that show. The best takeaway from that whole show is about the goldfish is the happiest animal on the planet because he has a three-second memory. Well, the, the Houston let me down huge last week. They were in a great spot against the Jets at home uh, with Rod Taylor. You know, Matt, Jets defense had looked horrible all year, giving up tons of yards, and they just didn't do it. I mean, they put up 200 yards of total offense against a Jets defense that probably couldn't stop uh, nine guys we could pick up from the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> so... But I'm going to literally put that away. I'm going to be a goldfish here. And I am going to take the 10 and a half with Houston. Um, just, to, you know, inner division, getting points at home. Like I said, I think Houston got embarrassed a little bit last week because that was a game they should have won. I'm not sure if they're trying to win, but who knows what's going on with that organization. But, you know, Indy's played a bunch of tough games on the road here. I can see them kind of taking their eye off the ball a little bit um, just because, you know, They've been through all these ringers. I think that took a lot out of them last week against Tampa. They put up a really good effort against the Bucs and uh, kind of came up short. Um, you know, good run defense, though. So that kind of keys the Texan offense. So that's a little concern there. But I think 10 and a half is enough. I expect this to be like a 17-10 game at best uh, with Indy coming out as a winner. But definitely Houston lively. Uh, just because I said I don't think you're going to get the best effort out of the Colts. And it's right at that 45. And if you haven't listened to us, I saw a stat a couple weeks ago. 45 points or below the unders playing really well. So being the teaser came, what am I doing? I'm going to take at the points more up six more points up, or if you could take it up on some sites, even higher, some take, give you a 10 point teaser, do that. 45. I love what Jason just said. 17, 10. That'd be great. Love it. Let's make that happen. Take the points up. I'm taking the under and I'm with Jason again. I am going to take the home dog, jack it up some more points. Get them up to about 16 and a half. And we're going 4-0 with the home dogs this week <laughs> in the first four games. Love it. This team. And here's the thing with 
if you just want to take, if you're a straight better in this, Colts, Jonathan Taylor is a superstar. Absolutely. Pittman's a great wide receiver. And we've said this, if you listen to our show weekly, we, we say this all the time. Carson Wentz, when he is on, he's a very good quarterback. But if you want to look at a person that sometimes can really make some mistakes in critical times, he's the guy. And could he make a mistake and you get a nice backdoor cover on this? Possibility. I like the Texans up. I like the points up and taking the under in a teaser. All righty, moving on. The Eagles going to play the Jets. Eagles five and seven, Jets three and eight. Eagles are favorite by minus six and a half. Uh-oh, over under, sit at that 45. I love it. Man, the Eagles, I had the Giants last week, Jason, in a teaser. This is why the NFL and my, I mean, I love gambling, period, but I lo- love gambling the NFL. But this is so tough in the NFL because you had the Eagles that came two weeks ago, played the Saints. Now, I know the Saints have some issues right now, but they just blew them out. Then they go play the Giants, and you're like, well, they're going to be in good shape, and then they lose the game. What Philly team are we going to get this week? It is, you know, the NFL is the most probably unique gambling animal out there in that you really should look at the card and circle the games that you think are absolute locks and go the other way. It just really feels like <laughs> it really feels like that will work. I'm already getting nervous here because we're taking all – we've never been in agreement this much, and we're taking all these home dogs. Uh, I'm actually going to go the other way on this one. I think the Eagles bounce back. I think the Jets kind of – they won't be able to uh, – profit from their success of last week we've got zach wilson at quarterback which i like going against i don't understand what happened last week but like i said goldfish we're gonna move on um eagles have gardner Minshew probably going to quarterback in this game i think that actually is helpful um because they've got the running game going and now you got a guy who's probably some better passer better definitely a quicker decision maker uh than hurts hurts needs to work on that part of his game and i think you're going to see a much more balanced approach from the eagles here uh, the Jets defense gives up tons of yards still. That did not change. I don't know what happened last week with Houston, but maybe that's just because we were on Houston. Um, so I'm going to actually lay the six and a half with the Eagles. I do think they get right. Uh, you know, the Jets have to make a decision here whether they want to win games or get good draft picks. They're already kind of locked in at four and five. And this is what this team needs. They just need personnel. So I think you're going to see a little bit of a business decision from the Jets. And uh, yeah, give me Gardner Minshew. Love, love entertaining guy. I think he leads the Eagles to victory here by way more than six and a half. Yeah, Philly's on a five-game ATS streak against the Jets. Wilson did return, but really only completed 14 passes for 145 yards. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So where where what do I like in this? Well, it's at the 45. So you know I'm taking it up and taking the under. That's a definite. That's what Smitty does now. I'm going to make a T-shirt that says 45 or below. Tease it. Take the under. I I agree with Jason here. I think if Minshew's the guy here, sometimes he can make some bad decisions with the ball, but overall not a bad quarterback. I I love the I love the Eagles in a teaser here. You get them down to like a pick them. I think they'll win the game. I, I think this is a better team. I think, too, I've said this for weeks, too, and I'll get in with some other teams coming up, is when they kind of get embarrassed or just come off a big stinker, these guys are professionals. They kind of bounce back sometimes. And to me, the Eagles really laid a stinker last week. So 
in a teaser spot, I really like Philly here to get it down to about a pick them, and I think they'll win the game. All right, I think this game should be an entertaining game. You got the Chargers, six and five, heading into Cincinnati that just put a whipping on the Steelers last week, seven and four. Line right now is Cincinnati minus three, over under is 49 and a half. We checked out the conditions because some sites kind of had a little bit worse than other sites. So Jason and myself off air kind of dove into this. Could be temperature wise, pretty good. Not bad. A little bit of rain could be in the forecast for this game. What do you have here, Jason? I think this could be an entertaining game. So I've heard a lot of talk this week about people fading the Bengals just because, you know, you know, they're coming off a, a nice win and uh, they can't have success. I don't agree with that. I think the Chargers are kind of overrated here. Um, there's a lot of bad stats with them. I mean, you look at the two. So these two teams, the last I've played the Steelers here in the last two games and the Chargers basically had a hold on for dear life on a primetime game where they clearly had control and kind of were giving it away. The Bengals just took care of business last week. That game was never in question uh, at any point. Um, I just think the Bengals are a little more solid. Now, they've got some injuries on the offensive line, but it seems like the guys that they're going to be bringing in to fill in those injuries are really good run blockers. And the one thing the Chargers do not do well is defend the run. And the one thing that's really balanced out the Bengal offense here in the second half of the season that's kind of got them back going again is run the football with Joe Mixon. Um, so they're going to have that. Um, you know, they're, they're good up front on the defensive line. Chargers sometimes have had a little bit of issues here of late um, with the thing. So I think – you know, lay the three with the Bengals. Um, you know, I don't think the conditions will bother either guy. Burrow's an, a northern guy, grew up in these kind of weather, and Herbert's from Oregon. Nobody deals with more rain than Oregon. Um, but I do think I, – I just like the Bengals. I think they're a more solid football team than the Chargers are. Yeah, this is a tough one. You know, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't – and we'll get into the Steeler mess here in a little bit. But I'm glad I was helping the wife – we were outside putting up some Christmas lights and I didn't have to watch the Steelers against <laughs> Cincinnati. So thank you for having a chore to do. And so this is a tough one. You know, the, the under the last six have gone under in the series. So could you, you know, I think you said it, Jason, over the weeks with the chargers that they're not a very fast paced offense. No, get a stat for you here. So when he's looking that up, I'll continue. What I would do, I think here is I do like Cincinnati, man. And their coach, how about coach of the year, what he's doing seven and four for them. Remarkable. Good team. Joe Mixon pounding the ball, good wide receivers, good quarterback defense has played better. I would maybe jack this up and maybe look at the under. Now, Jason might throw a stat out here that might change my mind. Did you find that stat? I did. So uh, the Chargers on offense average about 9.6 yard, 9.6 drives of game. And the average for NFL team is closer to like 11.2. So on average, they have the ball twice less than any other uh, normal team. So basically, that's what drives their unders is that they just, like you said, they're, it's, it's an efficient offense, but it's a slow offense. And I think they do a lot of that just to protect their defense too, uh, play a little keep away because uh, they have a tendency to give up points at times. Yeah. So my, my, I don't know if I'll touch because I'm going to play a lot of games. I mean, I kind of, I usually do this one. I would probably tease the points up and take the under in this one. I think it should be a good game. I really do. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Um, hopefully not with a ton of points, just kind of a tight game overall. I think these are 
Cincinnati's trending in the right direction. All right, next game. We got the Giants that we've talked about covering the ATS. Now, no Jones, neck injury, four and seven Giants heading down to sunny Miami to face the Miami Dolphins that have come back now five and seven Miami Dolphins. Q, I don't know, good mood or bad mood with, with that? I'm not sure. We'll have to ask them. Line right now, minus six. Opened up at two and a half, jumped up to six because of Jones injury. Over, under, listen to this, Jason. It was at 43 and a half. It opened. It's, this is like a JV Monday night football line here. 39 and a half over, under. You got Mike, is, is it Mike Lennon? It is. It is the neck. Mike it's ironic that Daniel Jones is missing the game with the neck, and Mike Lennon's got more than enough neck for the rest of us. Uh, yeah, it's funny you say the under, and it's a JV under, but I actually make this game at like 37. Um, and it's kind of hard to gauge Miami with the numbers, though, because they were so bad at the beginning of the year, and they clearly are a much better football team in the last six weeks. Now, the schedule softened a bit, um, but they just played a lot better. Tua's played a lot better. You know, you saw a lot of stats floating out. Um, on social media this week about how two of his first 16 games are comparable to Kyler Murray's first 16 games. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I think there's an aesthetic with Tua that is one of the part of the problem with him is that when you watch him play, he has a little bit of a hair on fire quality with his pocket presence where it kind of looks like everything's chaos around him. And then he kind of finds a little uh, hole to throw and like, you know, throws a rope down the field. So I think that's part of the reason why he's not getting as much love with uh, his development as he probably should. This is a tough game. To, the, to, the Giants, like we said, have been feisty. Um, you know, I just think this time of year when teams from the North go down to play Miami early December and you've got that huge uh, variation in both humidity and heat really kind of wears on the Northern teams. Uh, I like the Dolphins laying the six here. Uh, it's a lot for the Dolphins, which I think is why you want to take them because, you know, obviously they're getting still all the action with laying all those points. I don't think Glennon's a huge downgrade from Daniel Jones. I just think the Giants maybe have played a little bit above their head in some of these spots uh, and been opportunistic. I think you're going to see Miami. You know, the Giants don't have a running game. That's not going to give the Dolphins any problems, um, and they'll just bring pressure. And we know the Giants have never been able to fix that offensive line under Gettleman. So uh, you're just going to see a lot of chaos coming from Flores on the defensive side. I think it'll be enough. They forced a bunch of turnovers last week. They got on the win. I can see more of that happening this week with Glennon, who probably hasn't played since I think week five of last year. Yeah. Two thoughts and maybe two plays on this. It's under 45. So, you know, I'm playing it. I just talked about maybe making a t-shirt. So every game that happens, I got to play it. So I'm going to, in that I'm going to tease it up. And take the under, which scares me a little bit because that's a low under. But I feel a little better with Jason saying that he has it maybe at 37. So feeling a little better on that. So we'll see. But I like I like where Miami is going right now with their team. I think you get them down. It's minus six. You tease them down in a six point teaser down to a pick them. Hey, here's the matchup. And I kind of like this. I might lock this in already today. I like the Eagles down to like about a pick them. And I like the Dolphins out of pick them. And there's my teaser play. Eagles, Dolphins, like it. Matches two teams up in a teaser. And I think that's going to be a big winner for you. All right, moving on. Let's get to the four o'clock games. Here is a team that I have been on the last couple of weeks, which is just mind-blowing because I never talk positive about this team or take this team. But you got the Washington football team heading out west to 
Sin City, Vegas, playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Football team has come back with a five and six record now, which is kind of remarkable. And the Raiders are six and five. Line right now, minus one Raiders, over under 49 and a half. Jason. This is tricky. This is a tough team, please. I. Well, I think the injury report's a big factor in this game because the football team is really banged up, and you've got some names that you cannot afford to lose. Like, J.D. McKissick looks like he's going to be out for this game. Um, Curtis Samuel is questionable, but Curtis Samuel is always questionable. I was going to say, is that a shocker to you? <laughs> he wakes up questionable. <laughs> he, 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 he gets up and goes, ah, I just think I'm going to stay in bed all day today. It, it wouldn't shock me if I heard that from him. He's really struggled getting himself uh, back to healthy, and they've, they've done their best to try to get him there. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson's probably going to get the most of the workload this week. Um, and he's been a little dinged up. Flowers on the offensive line is dinged up. So you, you look at that. The Raiders, um, you know, the guys that are missing, they're probably Waller's doubtful. And that's definitely a factor in this game. Um, yeah, it's really tricky. I think the football team is playing a lot better. But the Vegas coming off that nice win on Thanksgiving. They've had 10 days to kind of, I don't know, maybe get things together here. Um, it looks like. The tickets are on the Raiders and the money's on the football team. So this is really interesting here. I'm probably going to pass. I, I really cannot get a good gauge of this game. And even the over-under, I make it out to be 50. It's 49 and a half. Like, I cannot see the lean here at all. Would not be shocked either team won this game uh, or if either team won this game going away. Uh, There's kind of two teams that are missing some guys. And, it, you know, maybe uh, the football team goes out there and gets the Vegas flu and the Raiders get an easy one. That's it's It's a hard game to handicap for me. What's what's with Jacobs right now? What are they saying on the report for Josh Jacobs? I believe he is questionable. Yes. What and I it, know, and it seems like he's been questionable the last couple of weeks in a lot of these games. Yeah, I think he's trying to gut it out for them, um, which is a good sign for the team when you have your best players trying to get through injuries. And that just might speak to him. But, yeah, like they, they said, with Waller and Jacobs both questionable and actually Waller doubtful, that's, that's, that's a lot of loss for that offense. It really comes down to, like, Zay Jones and um, what's called Deshaun Jackson, who's also questionable this week. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, this would be a great line right now. Which guy might play? You got Deshaun Jackson, the Tin Man, <laughs> and then you have the new Tin Man, Curtis Samuel. Who's going to be on the, the field? Hey, I'll say this. Jack put on a show on Thanksgiving. He did. He, he did. He and did. Then, and and he really gives them something that they needed when when Ruggs now is in jail. So that was a good signing for for uh, for the Raiders there, because Jackson, if when Jackson can play, he's really talented. And he for his age, man, he can still run can still run really fast. Yeah, it's amazing like how some of those older guys, the speed guys, kind of stick around. Like Ted Ginn lasted forever, too, as a guy who was just fast, right, and stretched your defense. And, you know, he's not going to ever be your dominant receiver, but you have to respect him because of the speed and the fact that he's going to take your safeties kind of out of it, especially with a team with a good good tight end group like Las Vegas where, you know, they stretch out those linebackers and you can get space underneath and kind of dink and dunk like they do, like to do under Gruden. They're still doing now, obviously, the same scheme. Uh yeah, it's like I said, it's a really tough game to handicap. I, the football team has definitely been playing better. Obviously, the Raiders have the most impressive win of late. So, yeah, it's crapshoot for me. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a tough game because, you know, the, the football team's playing really well. Uh, Heineke's been playing pretty well. And I know I've kind of ripped on him as some jokes on the show. 
but he's been playing pretty well. You know, the thing with them is the defense, you lose two of your stars and your defense seems like they've got better. So good job there by Jack Del Rio to figure something out there. You know, also they're really running the football. Yeah. It's really controlling the clock. Very, like, especially when they get leads, some of their uh, games, their drives have just really have taken a lot of the time, time possession to really kind of hold on to that lead. This is tough. I mean, I, I personally like the home team here. I think this is a close game. I don't know if I'll play this. I would probably take the Raiders minus one. Old man in the garage loves to give out dogs. He has three plays this week for us, and this is his first play. He likes the football team as a dog winner here. So I think, like we said, it's a very tough matchup here. Gibson's been really good pounding the ball with Gibson a lot. So I think it's going to be an intriguing matchup here and should be a really good game. All right, let's go. Maybe not to an intriguing matchup. Our next game is you got Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, Jacksonville Jaguars, two and nine. Heading out to really kind of a struggling Los Angeles Rams team right now, seven and four. Line right now is minus 12 and a half. Over under is 48. Jacksonville have a, has a chance in this, Jay? So hard to go with them. Like they have done me wrong probably more than any team this year um, where they've been in spots where you think you just want them to cover, right, with a healthy line, and they find ways not to. Uh, I think I had them last week at home against the Falcons. That was a pretty nice matchup for them. Um, you look at the box score, it was a 50-50 game, and it, the coin flipped the wrong way for me um, with the Falcons winning that one. Um, I just don't – I don't know. I think this is a kind of a get-right game for the Rams. You kind of need a little momentum here because, um, yeah, you're starting to see – People question the Stafford golf trade, which I did not think we'd see this year, um, and questioning whether Stafford adds any value at all. Um, yeah, you know, you, you look at the Jags, the offense isn't great. You know, the defense for the Rams seems to be good against bad teams and bad against good teams, um, which probably would make me think to take the 12 and a half, but I'm not. I'm actually going to lay the 12 and a half here. I think the Rams kind of uh, have like an imposter game where they go and they uh, kind of pummel the Jags here and looks like everything got right. And I'll probably fade the heck out of them next week. Yeah, this, I, I think one of the biggest things with this Rams teams is the Robert Woods injury. Yeah. Robert Woods is, was extremely, is just, is, is a talent. I mean, just a great with him and Cooper cup one, two there. It was very dangerous combo. You know, you bring in OBJ. I'm not a fan of them. I, I don't think that's clicking very well. I think that was a stretch. I I personally wish they would have just, we, you know, we just talked about Deshaun um, Jackson. Yeah. Um, and that he was there and then he kind of opted out and they let him out. And then he went to the Raiders to play. I think I would have just kept him and then bring OBJ on personally. And that's even me. And I kind of bash Jackson being the tin man a little bit playing one great game and then pulling a hamstring. But I think that's what I would have done there. Now Stafford has not played well, a lot of INTs the last couple of weeks. You're hearing a lot of reports on a lot of injuries with him. Then his wife's thrown pretzels to people. And we've talked about that before too. He's dealing with that. So there's pretzel issues, injury issues. It adds up. I'm not touching this game. I think this, there's a lot better games on the board to play. If I would give you advice, what would I do? I'd probably take the Rams down six points and take the Rams in a teaser. Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned the turnover issue that the Rams have had. There is no team worse at forcing turnovers in the 
NFL than the Jags. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of on a get right game. This is a nice JV defense for them to go against and like look better than they really are. You know, the team I, and I, I said when the season started, this was my prediction to win the Super Bowl is the Rams. And may, hey, they, they have plenty. Of, they can get it right here still, and they can make a run. But isn't it like some of these teams in sports that they bring, they try to make like a fantasy team. Mm-hmm. They bring all these, like, you know, they traded and they brought Vaughn Miller in. And then, oh, let's go get OBJ. And, I mean, people, this isn't Nintendo. This isn't that you can just force those trades and, like, things – there's a big thing. And that's why I think, again, Robert Woods, when he went down, I even said to myself and said, this, this is an issue. Cause then I thought maybe teams were going to really try to take Cooper cup out. And he's been still playing. Okay. And, and been playing pretty well with some catches for me. Cause I have him in two of my fantasy legs, but it's hard to do and just force people on a team and say, let's, let's, let's make a fantasy team. And I think that's what the Rams have done a little bit. Yeah, I think it's the case of right moves, wrong guys. Like, they needed a wide receiver, obviously, to backfill Woods. I, like you said, I think Jackson would have been a better fit because you, you don't he doesn't have to do anything. You just know you have to respect the speed, and that's going to open everything else for the uh, up for the other guys. And then they needed a pass rush. They needed an edge guy. Um, I think they're 18th in sack rate, and that's not going to get it done uh, with playing a heavy zone schemes uh, without a lot of blitzing. But Juan Miller just – you know, I watched him a couple times this year. He, you know, he had a really good month to open the season, but he's not been anything of a – he's been a shell of himself since then. So, yeah, I think right moves, wrong dudes, um, and that never really works out. All right, moving on. Here, here, Here's the game. This, I think this is a season right here, and I think the season's already over. But this, this might have the biggest question marks on the board with injuries, COVID issues, other guys sick. We had the Baltimore Ravens coming off really a win, but I believe a really ugly win uh, Monday night with Jackson throwing four picks. But you got Baltimore Ravens eight and three heading to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers five, five and one line right now is minus four and a half over under is 44. So, you know, one play I'll be on this. A lot of question marks, Jason. You know, it broke last night. T.J. Watt. Had, had had was on the COVID list. He did pass a test late last night. He has to pass another one today and he can play. Then you have Hayward not on the COVID list right now. Now maybe they'll put him there. I'm not sure, but he's been out with an illness. And I think the rookie out of Wisconsin, the D line guy is also not on the COVID list, but out with an illness. We got a lot of issues. Joe Hayden hasn't been playing they played maybe one of the worst games. I'm glad, again, I didn't watch it. I tracked it maybe in a long time for Pittsburgh. Can the Steelers pull this win out, Jason? Ooh, it's tough. Um, I, it just At this point, it's like too soon to tell. Like I think this is a really a situation that's kind of in flux with all these guys. We really don't know who's going to show up on Sunday to play in this game on either side. The, the Ravens have a comparable injury report. It actually might be worse because I think you got better names on that side that are all questionable. And a lot of it's illness related. So it's not going to be a situation where they're going to even have a choice to go or not. Um, whew, I, yeah, I'm not probably going to bet this game because of that. I mean, it's really hard to tell which way it's going to go. You would probably lean under, right? Because you got all these guys out, but then a lot of them are defensive guys. So the offenses may just move. Um, if I did have to bet it, I probably would take the Ravens actually, even though I know the Steelers have kind of all the intangibles are at home. They usually play the Ravens really tough coming off of just the absolute beating last week by the Bengals. 
But the best player in his football game is Lamar Jackson. You know, it's awful as he looked last week. And yeah, I can just see him carrying him. I mean, it's not going to take much. Four and a half is kind of like an indecisive line by the bookmakers, right? So it doesn't really cover a whole lot except for a field goal game. Uh, it's a pass for me until I see who's actually going to play. Hayward's a huge loss for the Steelers because that front, where they're getting gashed in the run game is in the defensive line um, because they can't keep those linebackers clean. and They've got undersized linebackers inside, and the edge guys just aren't holding up. So whew, really tough to call. If I, like I said, gun to my head, I would take the Ravens just because I think I would basically be betting on Lamar Jackson to run through that Steeler defense, but I'm definitely not going to play this until I know who's actually going to play. Yeah, one play for me would be teasing it up to 50 points and taking the under. I just said a couple of minutes ago, teams that come off a really bad performance sometimes regroup. Let's break it down to last year when this game got like delayed or canceled for days upon days upon mm-hmm. days. And it was really, you could tell the NFL was trying to cover for Baltimore and get some of the guys back. Jackson did not play in this game. It was RG3 in this. And you kind of looked and said, well, there's no way the Steelers are going to lose this game. They're going to blow them out. Well, of course, the Steelers usually don't blow anybody out. So it was a tight game. I could see this being a tight game. I think, and this is just me saying this at 10 a.m. on Saturday, Watt's going to pass today. I think Watt's going to play. I think Hayward, if he's not on the COVID list, if it's just some other type of illness, I think he'll give it a go. I think he'll play. I don't know how good he's going to be. And this defense is really bad right now. Bush looks, Devin Bush looks really bad at linebacker. The secondary is really bad. You need Joe Hayden back. And that's kind of sad that because he's old, but you can tell you need him. Run the ball tomorrow, Pittsburgh. Gets Harris some carries. You drafted this guy number one for a reason. And against San Diego, I think he had 12 carries. And last week he had eight. Now, I know you got down big and you had to throw the ball, but you're not built for that anymore. Ben is a statue, said it earlier on the show. Pound the ball. And for everybody that gets mad at me when I say Mike Tomlin is not a great coach, whatever, he's not. He's overrated. And I broke it down that since 2010, I think they're nine playoff games. They're three and six. That's not good, people. And I know everybody wants to throw out this stat that he's never had a losing season. What do he do? Well, I'll tell you what, he's also, quit he's also never had a team. Let me finish. Quit being mediocre and win some championships. There's my rant for the week. Let's see how they come back here. You have some problems, Jason. You got guys complaining about they want music at practice and in the locker room, and other guys are saying they don't, and it's not the Steeler way. I think you have some problems here. But let's see. This might be one of Mike Tomlin's biggest games of his career because the team got whipped last week. Do Can they rebound and at least make this game competitive? I would tease the Steelers up again. I'm going to be the stupidest person in the room. I'm going to tease it up and take the under because I did that last week and I lost both because they were brutal. Let's see what happens. Sorry, Jason. I have to finish. So, so I think I think the thing you have to say here with Tomlin is, you know, he's never he's never had a losing record. But I'll tell you what, he's never had a situation where neither side of the ball was any good. I mean, you know, we use the fantasy uh, or the football outsider stats here for DVOA, which kind of measures each unit. Steelers. Pass offense, 22nd out of 32. Rush offense, 26th out of 32. 
their pass defense, 26th out of 32. And the rush defense, 24th out of 32. That's a bad football team. I mean, that's we're talking about a team that is looking at, you know, like, you know, lottery picks here uh, kind of thing. You know, they don't have a lottery in the NFL, obviously. But um, he never had that. Even the years where they didn't have Ben, um, they had a really good uh, defense. And then there's some of those years where the defense wasn't so good. They had a really good offense to kind of cover up. He doesn't have anything to cover up. I mean, the special teams is their best unit, and that's middle of the pack. Um, that's probably the biggest difference here. You know, when they've gone back and kind of bounced back from some of these losses, they've had something to lean on. They don't have anything to lean on with this team. Defense is banged up. And like you said, guys aren't performing. Offense is, uh, you know, also not performing. Ben's done. You know, everybody makes a big deal out of that. But there's nobody on that roster that's better than Ben right now. Um, so that's – so you point the finger at Tomlin. I point the finger at the front office and Colbert. I, they've had more than enough money to fix this team. And they seem to have no interest in doing so in the offseason. They didn't want to make the tough cuts. The tough cuts made themselves. They ended up with a bunch of money. They've got a bunch of money just sitting there that's going to roll into next year, which I hope they'll eventually spend it. Um, yeah, it's it's they kind of need to circle wagons a little bit here. Cause like you said, with the, the unrest coming through the media about you know, certain players want music, and then the other players are like, What are we doing here? You know, we, we want to practice. Can't have that stuff. You can't have that stuff when you're at five, five, and one. You kind of this needs to be where they're kind of pulling together. It seems like they're pulling apart. You know, one last thing on this, and I know this, you know, our team. So we go a little longer sometimes on the Steelers, and I just go and rants sometimes. <laughs> so somebody wrote, and I wish I remembered who it was on Twitter, and they said, until the Steelers get back to drafting early in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. It's not going to get fixed. I like that. Moving on. I'm done with the Steelers. San Francisco, a team that has really turned it around six and five heading out to Seattle three and eight. Oh, just ugly. And I'm going to, I got some numbers on this game here too. San Francisco minus three over under 45 and a half. So I'll, um, it's like a broken record people. I am taking it up, taking the under, and I'll hold on. I'm going to let Jason talk, but I got some numbers here. This is a really hard game because from the eye test, it seems like it's, we talked about it earlier in the show. <laughs> you, oh, this is Niners, no doubt, right? Then you look at the injury report, no Debo, no Debo Samuel, who's really been their offensive MVP during this resurgence. Uh, no Trey Sermon. Um, they should be okay running back. They always find running backs. But a big miss, no Fred Warner, um, who's their middle linebacker, probably a guy you may not know, but probably one of the best middle linebackers in football, especially for what they ask of him in that scheme. Um, you know, this is a team in Seattle who tries to run the football and this, you kind of need to be a little um, sound inside. So kind of a big downgrade there, not to have him for this game, but man, I don't know if I can do it to take the, the Mariner or the Seahawks Mariners. Seahawks. <laughs> a short line. I think I'd rather take the Mariners. They're a little more feisty this year. Yeah, Mariners got hot there at the end. They got good. Uh, Boy, everything about this game says take the Niners, which makes me think take the Seahawks. I I just I can't do it though. Uh, Russell Wilson's looked awful. They're just as bad. I just quoted a bunch of stats for the Steelers. Uh, Seahawks aren't much better. Uh, A lot of, but they've been a little bit better on offense, and they have Wilson. Is this a get-right game? Yeah, what the heck? I'm in. The Seahawks plus three. There you go. You heard it first. Game of the week. (laughs) You heard it first here, people. Well, I like – so the under, nine, one, and one in Seattle games this year. So, you know, I love that teaser and taking the under here. Now, Jason said this. Russell Wilson has looked really, really bad. 
you can say everything about the finger, you know, issues, maybe gripping the ball. And I think that is, but man, that game against the, the football team this past week, there was guys wide open. No. And he was thrown to somebody else. And they even said like, why is he not seeing this to me? It is a finger issue, maybe with some accuracy throws, but he's not seeing the field. Great. That's a problem. Yeah, now definitely. time of possession. I heard this on VEASAN uh, yesterday, all the money. Since he's been back, the other teams, 40 minutes, Seattle, 20 minutes. I think they went five or six straight drives in that game last week against the football team, three and out. That's not good. He's only, since he's come back, they've only scored in three games, 28 points. That's not good. Now, not going to try to put Jason in a bad mood. He likes his play. I think no D- Debo, because uh, man, going to kill one of my fantasy teams because that guy's a stud too for San Francisco. Tight game. I have no play on either team. I do like taking the points up and taking the under in this. So interesting stat in this game. I'm just looking at it now. Uh, Seahawks 30th in yards per drive, which is bad, and 26th in points per drive. But interesting stat here. Number one in turnovers per drive. So they don't turn the ball over. They don't beat themselves. They just can't beat anybody. And the, But the, the 49ers, even with their resurgence, 27th in turnovers forced per drive. So Seahawks are going to have the ball. They're, they're going to have a chance to move the football up and down the field if they can. Uh, they're not going to give it to the Niners. That's a big advantage when you're a dog at home. Um, I'm just looking for angles to support it. Like I said, I, it, this is one of those games where it looks too easy. So I'm going to go the other way. And we'll see how it works out for our listeners here. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, moving on. Sunday night game. You got the Denver Broncos, six and five, heading into Kansas City, seven and four. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. Over under is 47. Saw a great little sticky note line here. Coming off a bye, Andy Reid, they're 18 and three. They've hit four. They've won four in a row. This is a team that's really turned around. Kansas City looked like they were in trouble. You had Mahomes throwing a lot of interceptions. His wife was going crazy. The brother's doing stupid dance videos. They kind of disappeared. Now they're now he's playing well. We brought this up many times. Can the road teams are 12 and 1 ATS though in this series in recent matchups here? What do you have here, Jason? This game's curious. It um from everything I see, everyone's on the Broncos, uh plus nine and a half, which is understandable. I mean, uh coming off a nice win against the the Chargers. Um, in a game that I can't remember if we had that or not, but um, a bit surprising. Different animal on the road. When I saw the Broncos in against the Steelers, the thing they struggled with the most was pass defense. That is something you cannot struggle with against the Chiefs, um, and the stats back that up. The defense is not that good. It, it's probably more reputation than anything else. Uh, Broncos got a little healthy on the offensive line, which is going to help them. They're going to try to run the football with Williams, you know, uh, obviously, all the player props for him are going to be jacked up because I believe Melvin Gordon's going to miss this game. Um, I agree. The Chiefs got right. Like they, they've kind of fixed it. Chris Jones coming back and playing at Chris Jones level has clearly helped the defense tremendously. Um, you know, they I, got think two, I think the two, not to cut you off there, the sneaky trade they brought um, the linebacker from Pittsburgh over Ingram. has helped them. Yeah, Ingram has really helped that team. Yeah, and they're just playing really good coverage too. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They're you know getting guys up field, and they always love to play man coverage. So if you don't have wide receivers that can give them issues, uh, that Spagnola will get that defense working, and that seems to be the case right now. Yeah, I like the Chiefs. I'm actually going to lay the points here. Um, 
I think the public's a little off on this one. I know it's easy to take Denver plus in the, you know, they kind of remember the Chiefs struggling earlier in the year. That team's not what we're seeing right now. Uh, we're seeing the team that we were betting on at the beginning of the year to cover all these games and go over. Um, sneaky under game, though, potentially, because I don't see the Broncos doing much on offense. And these are two teams that like to play slow. Um, I'm not going to bet it, but I wouldn't be shocked if this game went under uh, the 47 easily. Um, and I'm sure uh, the teaser King will have something first on that, but yeah, I'm going to lay the nine and a half with the chiefs probably go against the public here. I think it's way too public of a dog at this point in the season. Yeah. It's one of these, I always have one of these games that I say, I think either way in a teaser might be okay. Kansas city. So four and seven ATS. I don't think it's a bad play taking Denver up. And like you said, I've seen a lot of people that I kind of respect and I kind of like some of their picks. They have Denver in this. So taking it up six more points, you might be doing okay there. I do agree with you too. You can take them down and get them at three and a half. Now, I don't like the hook, but this, like you said, this is a little different Kansas City team. Extremely good. I think this is a great play. If you like doing three teams, four teams, money, like money line parlays or something, again, hearing that number of coming off a buy 18 and three, Andy Reid, not a bad play there to match it up with somebody else. All right, last game. Monday night, probably the best game of the week for first place. Conditions could be an issue here with some snow, some high winds. You got New England. Uh, oh, real quick, I'm going to bounce back because I'm going to forget and I don't want to forget. Old man in the garage, He's he likes Denver money line. And I wrote him, I said, you crazy? Because I can't see him being, and he goes, got feeling. And I said, hey, I like that sometimes gut feeling so sorry i didn't want to forget about his play back to the big game here you got new england eight and four traveling to buffalo seven and four line right now minus two and a half the over under is down to 42 because of those conditions what do you have here jason so you know we referenced the sheet a few times this show and this line is right on and this over under is right on so this is a really hard game for me to look at because i'm not seeing any edge either way i think it's it's just curious, right? All the intangibles are on Buffalo side. It's going to be a crazy environment. You know, they don't care about the weather in Buffalo. They'll sit in anything to watch uh, their Bills play, against, especially against the Patriots, who, you know, has literally just beaten the heck out of them over the last 20 years. Uh, you know, Brady's not there. They got some wins last year. They're feeling pretty good in this game, right, that they've got the mojo. Now, obviously, they're coming off a nice win on Thanksgiving against the Saints, a really undermanned Saints team. I mean, they just had no weapons on offense. Defense did as much as they could. Uh, the Bills' stats in that game weren't great. I actually like the Patriots here on the road in the points. I think they're just a much more solid football team. Now, I can, I can see the Patriots winning a close game. I can see them winning a blowout. I can really only see Buffalo winning a blowout where they just – get ahead and basically Mac Jones can't, you know, make up like a two touchdown deficit. And that's really the only way I see Buffalo winning this game. They're a high variance team. I think football outsiders, which I like to reference a lot said they are like the highest variance team that they've ever tracked where performance from one week to the next is like elite to garbage. Um, And, you know, coming off a pretty good performance in New Orleans, I'm thinking we might not get the best bills team here. I just think the Patriots are really solid. I think they'll have a good game plan in this game. This is important to them because it basically locks up the division, I think. Uh, so I'm going to take the Patriots plus the two and a half. Uh, looks like most people are on the Bills. Money is a little in favor on the Bills. But uh, I just think, like I said, Bills are kind of like they're all over the place. They're either going to hit big plays or they're going to do nothing on offense. And I'm going to take the team that's more consistent. 
Yeah, I was talking to a New England fan yesterday, and I said, you know, this is a game. He asked me for my thoughts on this, and I said, well, you got Buffalo with the quarterback that he's used to this. Played at Wyoming, played in these conditions. Great draft pick by Buffalo to bring him in, and it's because he's played in them. Now you have Jones Moore, you know, from Alabama, played at Alabama. So that, okay, let's now, let's go to running backs in these conditions. Well, that favors New England. They can really pound the ball. Buffalo, uh, all right. I like New England's defense. I just like everything New England's doing right now. I mean, Mac Jones just walked into the greatest team for him, and he looks like could be a superstar. I like their defense. Teaser play for sure. It's 42 points. Take it up to 48. Take the under. It's bad conditions. I love it. Then take New England and a teaser up. I like New England. You get them up to eight and a half. I love that play. I'd probably take straight game New England. I'd take a chance with New England in this game. Old man in, old man in the garage, also his last game of the week. He likes New England. Money line dog on this one. Yeah, one thing, with, especially like you said, Mac Jones and the weather is definitely a concern, but there is no team in the NFL who practices more in bad weather than the Patriots. They, you know, everyone goes inside the bubble and they're running around in shorts and T-shirts. Belichick will have them out there in the elements, especially the worse it is, the more they practice out there, basically just to get used to those game conditions. Um, and if that's a big advantage, I think, for them, obviously they probably had enough bad weather by now that they've had some of those miserable practices that I used to hate when I played football forever ago. Um, but it does get you used to those conditions, especially for quarterbacks and skill players, the, how the ball comes off, you know, how you can throw through the wind sometimes, how you can. Mac Jones is a smart guy. I can see him making those adjustments. Um, you know, obviously Josh Allen is the guy who's just going to throw as hard as possible through the wind and he can. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's a good play all around. I, I just think, um, you know, I'm rooting for Buffalo cause I would never root for new England, but, uh, I definitely think the Pats win here. All right. That's week 13, week 13 gave you great info. A lot of stats, a lot of betting trends, some opinions, some you might like, some you might not. I do have one question here though, Jason in fantasy. So I have Jones. I can quarterback. My backup is Tyrod Taylor. Now it scares me a little bit with Jones just because of the conditions. Who would you play in that situation? Taylor or Jones? So we got Taylor going against the Colts, right? So, you know, that's a decent option. I just think Patriots will have a control passing game, no matter the conditions, like they'll throw the ball. Some, Um, they just won't throw it down the field. That's a tough call because Indy, Texans will not be able to run the football on Indy at all. If they're really trying to win that game, they're going to have to go to the air. And uh, they have, what, the 30th-ranked pass offense. I think I still go with Jones. I bite okay. the bullet there. That's kind of like my MO, though. I'll, I'll go with my guys unless I have to, even though the conditions and the environment doesn't look exactly right. But there's a reason you drafted them early. Alrighty. Well, if you listen to the show, Give me some advice on that. If you have an opinion on who I you think I should play, let us know. But if you have any questions, any thoughts, get us on Twitter, man. We're very Absolutely. active. We're going to post our plays. Maddie posted a bunch of plays because I think he's in a casino right now, hopefully winning some money. Q will probably be giving his plays. I will be firing tomorrow for sure. Jcam will check out college basketball. I went five and one last night. No thanks to Colgate blowing a 20-point lead. So Colgate University, you owe me a t-shirt. Send it to me. I should have been a perfect 6-0 last night.
but we gave you a lot of info. Check us out. Check out Tuesday show. Carl Johnson was fantastic. Great college football info for the games today. And then tune into this show and we're going to get your winners. Remember, we're working harder so you do not have to. J-Cam, any last words for the show? Colgate was like toothpaste after orange juice in that one. No good. <laughs> good luck to everybody. Enjoy the college football day. It's basically the new, the new New Year's Day. Game after game, great games too. Go Big Blue. Until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.